it is raining feral cats and service dogs here in Los Angeles. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Just Saying with Justin Martindale. I am Justin Martindale. Whew, it is wet and damp. There are floods everywhere. Honestly, I have not seen it rain like this since I've lived here uh, for years. Uh, John, how are you, buddy? Wet. Yeah, Very you wet. barely made it here today. All I heard before moving here was drought, 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 drought. Well, fire, got- fire, 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 dirt, dirt, trash, trash, piss, piss. You got with jazz. Yep. And you know what? It's really funny because we got hit with, I guess it was called the bomb cyclone uh, last week, or actually Northern California did, and Southern California, we were like, okay. <laughs> Well, we'll take it from here. And everything was fine. And then the other day, I was driving up Mulholland to go on a hike with my friend Denise, and half of Mulholland's cliff was just gone. And I was like, you know what? Maybe we should turn around because as much fun as it is to fall into a sinkhole on a random Thursday, I don't want to be that guy. No. Um, Yeah, it is insane. Last night, it just monsooned. And I am not even trying to exaggerate. You know, you always hear people in L.A. being like, we need this. (laughs) This is good. It's going to be a really green spring. Oh, my God. If this spring is not green, cancel the year. It is. I mean, it is crazy. I've seen trees in the street. Uh, I think I've seen some TikTokers washed out into the ocean, which is good. Nature's healing. Um, but yeah, it is just bonkers. The only thing I missed, and of course I'm going to complain. I'm going to complain about the rain. I wanted some thunder and lightning. That's it. Is that so much to ask for? Just a little bit of thunder and lightning. But whew, when Ellen is getting on Instagram and <laughs> Instagram living from her Montecito mansion and you just see like nine feet of water, just a rapid river behind her. And she's like, oh, God, help us. I'm like, oh, God, Ellen's in trouble. It was bad. It's, it, I mean, it's bonkers. I have people reaching out being like, are you OK? And I'm like, I got a lesbian down the hall. She's building a canoe out of matchsticks and aluminum foil as we speak. So I'm good. But it is. Nuts. I had a guest who was supposed to be with us today, but uh, she has been washed out into the ocean as well. No, uh, she'll be back again. We were going to have Melissa Villasenor, but she's got some like some leaks that she's got to deal with. And I get it. Like, I'm lucky that nothing in my apartment is leaky for now. Have you seen the comedy store? No. Buckets everywhere. Buckets everywhere. That makes sense. You know what? That reminds me. I do want to say that I think there was like a couple years ago, maybe could have been like 10 years ago, actually, where there was just another one of these like crazy downpours. And I think there was like just buckets all over the place because it's an old ass building. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So we are here. We're hydrated. We're quenched. Um, We'll take it. You know, I it, it sucks. There is lots of flooding everywhere. Um, especially in central California, because they are technically in like a valley, a ravine. Um, but I mean, this is, this is, uh, we're out of the drought apparently (laughs) and, uh, just stay safe. Don't cross rivers. Don't think you're that guy who's going to be like, you know what? I can fucking do this. And then you, you're that guy who gets washed out. So 
That's all I have to say. Um, stay inside. Work from home. You're used to that. Uh, let's see. The rain did, however, get me caught up on some amazing shows. My dry January is off to a hit. Uh, I'm week two in. I've been sleeping great. My skin looks flawless. Um, but I got to catch up on some shows. And I finally, I know it took me a while, but I finally went in and watched all of Wednesday on Netflix. And it was such a treat. You watched it. Yeah, I loved it. So good. You loved something? I loved something. Oh, my God. I was going to say this before. Like, when we were talking, very like you and I, it's easy for us to shit on the younger generation coming up because they're awful compared to what we we had. Mm -hmm. But this Jenna Ortega is no joke. She's she, great in everything. She's it, man. I love her. She is so good. And I've been watching lots of interviews with her and how she's, like, talking about the techniques that she used playing Wednesday, how she didn't even, like, blink half the time. Uh, how she got inspired to do her, you know, infamous uh, school dance. She was she watched like Shushi and the Bandits. Is that I think that's right. Shushi, Shushi, that's our Shushi and the Bandits. A lot of like goth kids from old videos, even the Wednesday Adams like cartoon. So it's nice to know that like the children <laughs> are doing the research. Um, so yeah, I thought it was just great. I love you know what and. Uh, I remember, I think it was a couple podcasts ago where we were talking about like how people were doing what? Complaining about, you know, this version of Wednesday and like how everyone was like, oh, Gomez Adams isn't like hot. I'm like, no, Gomez Adams was like a toad in the comic books. Yeah. And you know who I loved? Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones, Morticia was stunning. I loved it. I love that they kept the little nuances between... um uh, Angelica Houston and uh, who played uh, Gomez in the in the movie? Um, Ra Raul, Raul Julia. Julia, yeah. yeah. Um, just the little like how she would space out and just kind of like give you face and eyes, but it, she wasn't embodying Angelica Houston. She made it her own, and I just loved just how weird and gothic. You had monsters at a school. Um, I loved uh, what's her name from Game of Thrones, the teacher. Um, I can't even remember her name right now, and I'm sorry, but I've got water on the brain. Yeah, she's great. Uh, it starts with a G. Gwendolyn, Cri Gwendolyn Christie. Yes, she. Uh, no relation to Kevin Christie, but or Chris uh, Christie, or yeah, we don't know. Twenty three and me, that shit. But um, I just loved her, and I loved that she did some interviews saying like, this is the most glamorous she's ever felt on camera. And I'm like, yeah, cause you're not dressed like a giant albino knight from game of Thrones or in star Wars where she just, she wore a stormtrooper helmet the entire time and nobody knew. She and was. nobody knew yeah. show Gwendolyn Christie. I want more of her and no spoilers, but I'm just like, Ugh! but we did get an announcement that they are renewing it for season two, which I cannot wait. Um, I just love thing. I loved uh, the Uncle Fester cameo. I loved just the lore. It was a really fun ride because like the whole time I was watching the show, I'm like, wait a minute. It's mm, no wait. Uh, uh. It was a nice little Tim Burton puzzle and the music was fantastic. I think he even uh, he worked with Danny Elfman again, you know, who's done like all of Tim Burton's shows. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Sweeney Todd, anything that's spooky and weird that's Tim Burton related, Danny Elfman's on board. And I just love that they just keep that tradition 
uh, alive. And I just, yeah, 10 out of 10. Also, I want... Christina Ricci. Like, let, let... I mean, my God. I Chris... love when a show it, it tries to redo something. It's not a reboot. And they pay little respect to, to what came before it. And you... she must have been fun to have on set. Oh, man. And I think, and I love that she kind of let Jenna Ortega, like, make Wednesday her own. But also, I just love, there's a couple moments in the, in the series where I'm like, oh, my God, it's Wednesday and Wednesday. You know, it's just, it was really 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 well done really dark the writing was so much fun if you haven't seen wednesday please check it out and if you have seen it um thank you for screaming at me in my dms to watch it because i finally watched it but i had to do that because there was so much holiday programming that i had to save stuff for the new year i just started chippendales on hulu uh which is pretty fun so far very nostalgic um uh and then <clears throat> Since I'm doing Dry January and I can't drink, I did the next best thing. I started watching a show. I didn't really start this show. I've, it's taken me like three months to watch this show. It's called Drink Masters on Netflix. You haven't seen it? Nope. Okay. Well, if you haven't seen it and you're doing Dry January like me and you love water... Check out Drink Masters on Netflix. Um, Tone Bell is the host, comedian Tone Bell. Um, and it is pretty much a competition show about these bartenders, but I don't want to offend the bartender community by calling them bartenders. So I think they're called like professional mixologists. And these guys are like scientists. It's really fun. So they're given a challenge. Grand prize is $100,000 and you get your... I don't know, your picture on a bar wall. I don't know what you get, but um, the challenges are really crazy. They use like nitro, uh, what's nit nitrogen or whatever to freeze drinks. They use like all these weird concoctions. And I'm thinking to myself, like if I was at a bar and I ordered this, why do I have to wait 25 minutes for you to concoct a uh, science experiment? But the funny thing for me is the judges, because when they judge these drinks, and when they ask the bartenders what inspired them, their drinks, the bartenders will look at the camera and be like, I was inspired by an 18th century Korean poem uh, to make this. It is infused with the juniper berries that were washed ashore in a tsunami back in 1625. Uh, I have a birchwood air that I am putting on top and, um, and enjoy. It's kind of amazing. They'll be like, um, I was inspired by an Appalachian miner's ball sack who was trapped in the mines back in 1863. The ingredients that go into this are crazy. There are several drinks where I'm like, I'd drink this. And then some of them I'm like, this is just pure Drano. But check that out. Drink Masters on Netflix. Um, I haven't finished it yet. Like I said, it's been taking me like three months to get through this. It's a good little like, you know, fill the time. If you need a drink and you and and all you got is LaCroix in your fridge like I do, sit back with a LaCroix, indulge. You're welcome. Now, I did this over the weekend, and I'm very excited to announce this. Megan, the movie. I don't even know where to begin. In the words of Wendy Williams, she's an icon, she's a legend, and she is the moment. Megan came out in theaters and dominated the box office. Um, and I loved it. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I'm not going to give you guys any spoilers, 
but John went and saw it as well. And what else? What, also loved it. You loved it as well. Two for two. 2023, baby. Oh my God. New I year, new me. Thought it was so much fun. Everybody went in knowing what they were getting into. There were how many gays were in your theater? Uh, I watched it with probably 50% gays. 50% gays? That's yeah. good. It is it is a it is a gay movie. It, she is a gay icon. I mean, it's not like a gay movie, but like the gays were there. I think the gays showed up more for this than bros. But when I well, actually when I say gay, I mean there were a lot of like lesbian couples. It like like not gay, not not all dudes. It was a lot of women in there with their girlfriends just living their best lives. Good for you for encompassing the whole community, John. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It was so funny because I went uh, with my friends and Evan and we uh, were walking through the theater and we actually passed a group of guys and they looked at us and they were like, Megan. And we were like, oh, yeah, Megan. That's all. we. <laughs> that was like the that was the code. We were like, Megan. Oh, yeah, Megan. We went in and it was so much fun. Of course, you know, Nicole Kidman comes out and everyone loses their shit like they should because what? We're American. And we knew what we were getting into. It started off with this weird, fun toy commercial. It was giving you horror. It was giving you reads. Oh, Megan is just everything. And you know what I think why the LGBTQ community is embracing Megan so much is because we are Megan. We are that friend that a little girl or a little boy will pick up. And we will protect them at all costs. We will be your gay best friend until somebody hurts you. <laughs> and then game on. I'm doing flips and dips and tricks in the hallway. And then I'm going to pick up a samurai sword and chase you. And that's it. I just thought it was so fun. Everyone was laughing. The line delivery was so good. And I mean, I give it 10 out of 10. Just a really campy, fun movie that everyone in the movie took so seriously like Allison Williams like she knew what she was doing but she did it what do the what do the kids say honest to the assignment like that's yeah. what it was well i think you i i thought the op the first 30 minutes were slow but you have to really believe like it gets you they they slowly ease you into the movie because they have to get you on the same track as Allison Williams where you can see this being a thing. Yeah. I, and they do. It worked. I loved it. The gays, there was one particular part at the end, towards the end, uh -huh. where you're, 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 you're reintroduced to a character you met earlier on. Uh-huh. I've never seen a group of gays boo in in sync like that. Oh, you haven't? You haven't seen it? No. They were not. They <laughs> were seen very a Drag Race talent show ever? No. no. <laughs> you haven't seen the, the, the real friends of West Hollywood they trailer? They were furious. <laughs> it was, it, I was like, wow. I didn't know people were that into it. Into oh, we're, very, we're a very passionate group of people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was a video uh, um, going into, I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the real friends of West Hollywood trailer. Uh, Brad Goreski and Todrick Hall and some other people are in this show that is coming out on uh, MTV right in between Drag Race and uh, Untucked, which is the after show of Drag Race. And they're premiering it smack dab in the middle. And it is a show that I don't think anyone asked for. Like props to Brad Goreski. I love Brad. He got his check and got it. But I honestly, I've never seen so much scandal because of a trailer being released um probably since bros came out like everyone was just on the fence they're like this is gonna fail because 
there is a there's a guy in the show called Todd Recall, and Todd Recall is notoriously I don't know I don't know him, um, but he's notoriously been known as to being a toxic person. Like he is a performer who apparently did not pay any of his backup dancers. Which just makes me laugh because just hearing gay people, they're like, what's wrong with him? He didn't pay his backup dancers. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's something I expect to hear from a, from a gay person. But he was on like Celebrity Big Brother and was like horribly problematic, I guess. Um, and then there's like three other people who were on it. But apparently they're like all friends. But people have said they aren't friends in real life. Uh, there's a there's a, a a guy in West Hollywood named Chris Salvatore who is a singer who took to Twitter and he was like I was actually on the show for about three weeks then I was asked to leave the show because they found out I had an OnlyFans account which I'm kind of like what I would think more people would have an OnlyFans account on this show but hey call me stupid and I also don't think that like that's reasons for like letting you go like I, I don't know call me old-fashioned <laughs> but it really made me laugh because I was thinking of just the title alone as someone who had a show that went to network we had a show here at the comedy store called stand up to the streets which sold out every week and it was one of the hottest shows in LA it was comedians battling each other dancing it was kind of like roast battle but with dance <laughs> And uh, sold out every week. And then E bought it. And we got to develop this show for television. And everything was fine until they got a hold of the name. And they called it. It went from Stand Up to the Streets to, wait for it, The Funny Dance Show. Oh, no. And when they told me that title, I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing this the funny dance show i've worked my balls off in this town and i was on a show called the funny dance show which finally premiered three years after we taped it because they just shelved it and then the pandemic hit and they were like you know what we got nothing put it out there and yeah whatever if you've seen it great if you haven't i'm sure it's on the nbc app or something but i was a judge it was great but yeah, I was like, you guys couldn't have thought of a better name than the real friends of West Hollywood. <laughs> Will I be tuning in for 10 minutes and then turning it off immediately and throwing my TV out on the streets? Yes. So I cannot wait. Um, but yes, back to Megan. Oh, God, go see it immediately. It's so fun. So campy. It's getting I mean, she's now in the four horsemen of dolls apocalypse. We've got Chucky. We've got Annabelle. Uh, we've got Megan and who else is a doll? Uh, the little, the boy, right? Wasn't it the boy? Pinocchio? Not, no, not Pinocchio. The boy. It was like the little, like, remember it was like a little doll that like the parents had the like girl come and babysit and it was just a doll. And then you found out it was like the sun in the walls or something. That doesn't count. We have three. You need to check that out on the uh, horror podcast. Cause that's, I'm pretty sure we're it's covering Wednesday this Thursday that we're releasing the Wednesday episode. Oof. It's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah, of course. Wednesday is great. But without further ado, we have some stories. Oh, by the way, by the way, the Golden Globes are tonight. If they haven't been <laughs> on a Tuesday on a Tuesday, right? Wow. They're really not getting viewership. I don't know. Um, I think they're happening. I don't know if everyone's uh, 
trekking in their ballroom gowns up to higher ground as we speak, but um, apparently they're happening, and Gerard Carmichael's hosting them. Very random. Very random, but good for him. Uh, so yeah, maybe if they aren't oversaturated, no pun intended, this week we will cover the highlights or whatever, If if and if they suck. I don't even know who's watching it, but whatever. Wait, hold on real quick. Guess what I did watch last night? The Georgia TCU game. You heard it first. I watched football. Why? Because. Because of Sarah? Well, Sarah was there. I did get invited to go to the tailgate, but it was very expensive. And also it was pouring down rain. So and I'm not I'm not going to hang out under a tent in a parking lot. I saw her picture. Sarah Tiana we're talking about. She was. She went all out. Like she is no. It was no. Ju- they they had a party van. A they party had a bus. full party van. Like, spoiler alert: Georgia won, and they didn't even win. They massacred TCU. Massacred these poor Christians <laughs> with their horny toad mascot, which is just weird that a, a Christian school has a horny frog mascot because that that just to me says. I'm a virgin, but you can do it in the butt. Like that's yeah. like that. It's that kind of a vibe. But just it was like seven to like sixty something, and to the point where like there was just no go for them. But it was really fun. It was their second uh, national championship in a row, and I was actually talking back to the players. The players were awesome. Georgia did not go to the SoFi Stadium to make friends. And a lot of their like players had these like weird um, kind of like gay for pay names. Like it was like Bennett and Bennett the fourth or something like that. I was like, okay, we get it. Like really fun. It was a great game. I made salsa. Anyways, (laughs) back to the stories of the week. This one, I have to just start and praise um, because Usi. We have mentioned the word Ussy on the podcast, and a lot of people were like, oh, my God, why are you saying this? And I'm not crazy, guys. This is my job. I find the stories, and I give them to you. The word Ussy was the 2022 word of the year, according to a bunch of linguists. Okay, if it's a bunch of linguists, I mean, what do we do? I mean, it's a bunch of linguists. Uh, And here's the story. As though the times we live in weren't cursed enough, I already like this article, the American Dialect Society just declared the suffix "ussy" as the word of the year for 2023. I told you it was 2023. So this is the word of the year. They said this last year that 2023, this is the word of the year. Over 200 members of the 133-year-old organization participated in the vote which pitted "ussy" against Dark Brandon, Quiet Quitting, Riz, Slava Ukraini, and Special Military Operation. Thankfully, Ussi, which the organization defined as a suffix from pussy, as in bussy, equals a boy pussy, blew the others <laughs> out of the water with 108 votes. Ben Zimmer, the chair of the ADS Words Committee, wrote in a statement that the word highlights how creativity in new word formation has been embraced online in venues like TikTok. See? TikTok is a plague. 
The playful suffix builds off the word pussy to generate new slang terms. The process has been so productive lately on social media sites and elsewhere that it has been dubbed ussification. Jesus God. The press release also cited a January 2022 article from Vulture, which discussed the broader ossification of our collective online lexicon from a a linguistic perspective. Indeed, the press release also cited a January 2022 article from Vulture, which discussed the broader ossification of our collective online lexicon from a linguist. I can't even say this word, a linguistic perspective. There we go. As that, pe- as that piece notes, the origins of Ussi at least partly lay in queer internet circles. Another possible origin for the recent popularization of Ussi lies in where else? Tumblr. According to Know Your Meme, the term Thrussi, haven't heard that one, which is exactly what you think it is. What is it? <laughs> may have originated from a 2017 Tumblr post which has nearly 300,000 notes and recirculated after the ADS made its announcement with one user claiming that it did irreparable damage to the English language. (sighs) Judging from the ADS's decision, that seems to check out, adding to the monumental cultural impact that the other Blue Hell site had has had on our world. So, what is a thrissy? I think i like if i had to guess but it, i'm gonna sound disgusting like a throat <gasps> john i mean it I, is is it yeah because i think the funniest thing to come out of 22 was throat goat from kim petrus was that her because i remember i'm a throat goat I'm a throat goat. Okay, well, relax. Didn't, didn't they call? Didn't they call uh, an old pre- uh, Reagan's wife a throat goat? Oh yeah, Nancy Reagan was totally the OG throat goat. I cried when I heard that. I know. I had no idea. Speaking of goat, and you know where Wednesday went to school? Nancy Reagan High School. Oh, that's so funny. The throat goat. Speaking of goat, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have. We're going from Ussi, which is the word of the year for 2023, to now the banished words, banished, exiled, and practically starving. Name the movie. I don't know. Disney, coming out May of this year. Uh, Little Mermaid? That a boy. God damn it, we're a good team. Okay. Uh, So here's some banished words. Uh... For the year 2023, let's see. Um, I don't know who actually banished these words, but if a bunch of like, you know, linguists, what are they called? Linguist. <laughs> it's hard to say. Linguistics. but Linguistic experts can say, oh, is the word of the year, then they can make some banished words happen for 2023. Here's some words. Uh, gaslighting is done, which was the word of the year of 2022. God, how the trends just come and go. Thank God, though. Nobody knew what it meant. Well, no, people knew what it meant. They just were using it like yeah. fucking idiots. Uh, quiet quitting is gone as well. I don't really know what quiet quitting is. I guess you just like quit something and just don't. Oh, I think people. that was the job thing where you, uh, where you just never show up again and you, uh, send an email or something. Mm. So, uh, being a coward, pretty much. Okay. Tongue-in-cheek is done. 1,500 words were nominated for banishment due to their misuse, overuse, and uselessness. Nominations came from dozens of countries and across the United States. 
Words and terms matter, or at least they should, especially those that stem from the casual or ca- or causal. God, who is writing this stuff? That's what nominators near and far noticed, and our contest judges from the LSSU School of Arts and Letters agreed. Okay. At the top of the list isn't actually a word, but an acronym. GOAT. Greatest of all time. The press release noted that the title has been bestowed on athletes, game show champions, and more. With critics complaining, it has become an indiscriminate flaunt that's applied to everyone and everything from athletes to chicken wings. Okay, next on the list is inflection point, described as a mathematical term that entered everyday parlance and lost its original meaning, followed by quiet quitting, the much-discussed label for an employee who does what companies see as the bare minimum. There you go. Gaslighting is fourth on the list due to overuse. It disconnects the term from the real concern of dangerous psychological manipulation. Also making the list are Irregardless, <laughs> often incorrectly used in place of regardless, the overused superlatives amazing and absolutely and several common phrases moving forward. Does that make sense? Ooh, does that make sense? That's a bad one. I've caught myself doing that. I hate does that make sense. Why? Because you're belittling the person you're talking to. No, I always make it clear like does that make sense because... I'm always mumbling nonsense. Like for me, when I say it, I'm usually like, I don't know if that was, if, if like the, the thoughts in my head came out clearly, mm-hmm. do you, are you able to understand the nonsense that just left my mouth? That's how I look at it. Okay. But I feel like if you're actually making sense or trying to validate a point, I feel like people are using, does that make sense? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, like, Blah, 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 blah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like when you say it quickly, yes, I like, heard did you. you understand what I just yeah. said? Yes. Yeah. It's very like passive aggressive. It's different for me. It's more bitch like. slap in the face. Yeah. It's more like, I don't think I made sense. Yes. Did I? Um, and another term that is banished into the black hole of language is, it is what it is. The last one was banished in 2008, but its resurgence prompted its inclusion again. So those are done. I think that I think uh, I think those are all good words. However, I am worried about uh, people in Los Angeles now because those are some (laughs) a lot of words that a lot of people use. Are there any that you think they missed? Oh, yeah. Bet. Hold if on. one more person says bet to me. Bet. I think cap is I done. No cap and bet. I cap, don't know what any- no cap, bet. I'm going to also go with uh, fleek. That one's done. I've heard some people say fleek That's still. That's been done for like, years. I'm like, oh, God. I think cringe can go too. Yeah, cringe is also being misused. Cringe is just like, like everything's cringe. Like it's just like, uh, that's so cringe. I'm like, it's really not. No. Like just... Step up. Yeah. Um, And here's another one. I'm going to say it. I already said it about Megan. Icon. Yeah. We got to be careful, guys, with who we're calling icons. I do. I'm sticking to my story. Megan's an icon. She's going to be in the horror movie Hall of Fame forever. So she is now truly iconic. But that Subway sandwich maker, not really an icon who made your BLT sub like... 
perfect for you this week. Not an icon. Yeah, I'll throw in legend with that. Legend. Yeah. Let yeah. We need to come up with some better words. I think icon, everyone's like, oh my God, it's so iconic. No, it, no, it's no. not. No, it's okay. What an iconic moment. Was it really? No. You just blacked out on a Friday. Good for you. Grow up. Okay. Now, we can't start this year off without some outrage. And this story came to me last night. Um, and I kind of find it, I, I find it very funny, actually, because I feel like there was something. Oh, Ghostbusters. Because this is exactly what happened to the Ghostbusters. But now we're dealing with candy. Remember Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters was a wonderful franchise. Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2 I found a little more fun than Ghostbusters 1. My opinion. But now, uh, a couple years ago, they rebranded Ghostbusters with all-female Ghostbusters. And it flopped, right? I didn't even... Have you seen it? Yes. I didn't watch it. Did you? No. Yeah, I did. It was it, it was bad, but it was attacked before it even came out. To 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 what this it, it matches this story perfectly. Okay. But now, instead of ghost busting, we're going into candy. I know. What? Hear me out. M&M's has a new all-female package and it's pissing people off. M&M's is making a statement with its latest candy pack, which features an all-female set of characters, including purple. She's a no-nonsense kind of bitch. Why? Because she's purple. Its newest edition, it put the company once again knee-deep into Culture Wars controversy. Candy maker Mars announced that the limited edition all-female pack will include only purple, brown, and green. Ah. The candy's trio of female characters who are upside down on the package. What? Why are they upside down? Oh, to celebrate women everywhere who were flipping the status quo. Oof. Yikes. The packs are currently on sale. Purple, the spokes candy, God, good for her, announced last year is a purple peanut M&M. According to the brand, she is a singer who foregoes high heels for lace-up boots and has a quirky, confident personality. The M&M's brand is on a mission to use the power of fun to create purposeful connections as we work to create a world where everyone feels they belong. <sighs> now, here is the, here's the uh, M&M's package. I'm already like experiencing vertigo from this um <laughs> so they chose these colors purple green and brown i remember brown being um remember that's what it was a couple years ago brown no 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 twas green m&m green m&m was kind of the hoe of the bunch remember yeah high heels they, they changed that they put her in sneakers they put her in sneakers why was green in high heels because she was a hoe <laughs> Well, do you remember the old folklore legend that green M&M's made you horny? Oh, yeah. So M&M's was like, hey, we're going to make green M&M the like kind of slutty, like fireball drinking one. And they put her in heels. And then a couple years ago, they were like, not my M&M's. And they put her in uh, a nice uh, Birkenstock lesbian hiking boot. 
Um, and now she is in flats. And now Purple is in a, I have to like flip myself upside down to see. She is in kind of a chunky, kind of a white Doc Martin boot. Yeah. And Brown is, Brown is like the librarian. She's like gonna, she'll let you check the book out, but like pay the late fees when you can, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't, I think it's a good color assortment. I like purple, green, and brown. However, do we need this? Nope. I would say, yes, we do need this only if proceeds go to a women's organization. Are these going to go help with uh, getting homeless women off of the street? Are these going to go to uh, helping single mothers with their kids? What, what, is, what, are these, what are these for? To make men angry on the checkout line. Exactly. And re <laughs> Republican senators. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no like right-leaning man who's going to see this and say, you know what? I've been wrong. Yeah. Just getting straight white men pissed off. What's next? Drag queens reading to children? <laughs> oh, my God. Which just infuriates me. I'm just going to go off on a little tangent real quick. This whole drag queens reading books to your kids and how people are protesting and vandalizing and showing up to these uh, drag brunches. Stop it. You're trash. There are bigger issues to deal with. And I'm sorry if a man in a wig would rather read to your child than you would to your child. But hey, we're trying to what? Educate the children. And if that's a problem for you, take your kid home and homeschool them. Read to them at night. I don't know. We're, we're reading normal books. We're not reading like one fist, two fist, three fish, <laughs> blue fists, you know? We're not reading green eggs and lube. We're reading like actual books to your kids. We're not reading to the verse giving tree, you know? Enough. It pisses me off. Like, God, that's what's pissing you off. They're going to groom my children. We're not grooming your children. We're teaching your children how to groom themselves because kids need style. They need to learn about hair product. They need to learn about textures and clothes and fabrics that match. So you got it all wrong. We're not grooming your children. You can do that. We're teaching your children how to groom themselves <laughs> to be better people in society, educated with vocabularies, vocabularies that won't get banished next year. We want kids to say things more than just like, absolutely, that's so amazing. Oh, my God. Cap. Just before Halloween in 1985, a pipe bomb exploded in an office building in downtown Salt Lake City, killing a man and leaving the entire city on edge. As the smoke cleared and investigators began the search for answers, it became terrifyingly clear that this was just the beginning. Suddenly, looking for the culprit became a race against time. Hi, I'm Jeremy Schwartz, host of the new true crime history podcast, American Criminal. We take you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side to the American dream. 
In our latest season, the desperate hunt for a killer leads the authorities through the complicated world of historic document collectors and eventually right to the door of the Mormon church. Listen to American Criminal, The Salt Lake City Bombings, wherever you get your podcasts. Or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com. Anyways, let's see. What are the changes at M&M's? I love there's there's like more to this. In addition to adding purple to the lineup, M&M's has made other changes to the 82-year-old brand in recent months. Hashtag not my M&M's. Wait for it. It's going to be a thing. I'm already making a prediction. Including tweaking its logo and giving its six characters new shoes. Why why do we give a damn about M&M's shoes? Well, we don't want them to look like hoes. (laughs) But if they... I need shoes. Like, what shoes are we giving? Green has swapped her go-go boots. Yeah, she had go-go boots. They weren't even high heels. Go-go boots. She liked to dance. For sneakers, okay. Brown is sporting lower, more sensible heels. Red and yellow shoes now have laces. Oh, groundbreaking. More sensible is where they lose me. More sensible. Like, she she does so much physical activity, she was just wearing less sensible shoes. She's a fucking cartoon of a candy. I know. Wait, Orange's shoelaces are no longer untied. You know why? Orange was kind of the... Dits. He wasn't a dick. No, Red's the dick. Dits. A what? Dits. D-I-T-Z. A ditz? Like, Did you uh, say ditz? You can't say ditz anymore. What? <laughs> it's upsetting to the ditzy community. Oh my god, I'm so He wasn't sorry. a ditz. He was kind of like slow? Oh, wasn't there a clumsy That's orange. Oh. He was like, uh, hi, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was orange, orange M&M. Sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> offend everyone, but look it up. It's there. Now they've tied his shoes. Good for him. He's no longer a... They gave him Velcro. <laughs> Maybe they did. I hope they gave orange M&M Velcro. And Blue's shoes, while little changed, resemble what Anton Vincent, what? President of Mars Wrigley, North America, described as a bad version of Uggs. Y'all, I don't know. I'm over it all. It's candy. I know. It's like calm down. That This is what I don't understand. Do they realize that the more they humanize the candy, the weirder people are going to feel eating it? Yeah. What if I don't want an Ugg boot in my mouth? Not e- Yeah, like you're giving them faces. I don't want to feel like I'm eating a human. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, no, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't eat us, please, please, no. <laughs> we have feelings, no. Eat the orange. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem with people eating M&Ms if they're changing their shoes. Go for it. More power to you. I'm glad they're getting actually like different types of shoes. But my God, we need to focus on bigger issues. And I'm going to bring a story to you. That might be controversial. I don't know. Maybe some people are for it. Maybe some people are against it. I'm hoping the latter. I would rather people eat M&Ms rather than what this garbage woman ate. Um, people are disgusted as a woman eats raw salmon on the bus. Did This was a viral video that went around this week. A woman has given what seems like the entire internet the ick 
of the year after posting a TikTok. God, see, it always begins with TikTok. It always begins with TikTok. 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 <laughs> this woman posted on TikTok of her opening up a packet of raw salmon on the bus and just eating it. While normally it helps to adopt a you do you bitch approach to these sort of things, we should probably point out that eating raw fish unless it's sushi or sashimi is really dangerous. And also, please don't run with scissors. We really can't stress enough that eating raw meat and fish is a bad idea, and the reason stuff like sushi is much safer to eat is because of the way it's been treated since being caught. So just eating some fish you bought raw out of the packaging, heads up, isn't good for you. However, this is exactly what Aggie Day did as she filmed herself cracking open the pack of salmon and sinking her teeth into the raw fish. She posted the video to TikTok asking viewers, anyone else or am I a wrong, a what? A wrongin? W-R-O-N-G-E-N. A wrongin? Can we remove that word for 2023? I just think she's a stupid bitch. Agreed. What's a no, she's no, and according to the internet's reaction, most are really not on her side here. The internet's reaction was, was one of almost universal disgust, with plenty of people urging her to get some worm tablets ASAP in case she'd eaten food infested with parasites, which would normally be killed off by cooking the fish. One person branded it minging as a second advised her to make sure you worm yourself frequently and a third dubbed her salmon ella not a contestant on drag race this season not a contestant but that is a great drag name salmon ella uh or you could just go sam anella that's what i would have done uh, others said that they love salmon, but this is a bit far. While Plenty pointed out if she wanted to eat the raw salmon, there was a different type she could buy. Okay, what, whatever. Can we see this actual video of this woman? First of all, I don't even know where to start. Public transportation? No thanks. Okay, here we go. Oh. Very well produced. Arrest this woman immediately. Looks like she's eating it through an earthquake. She even looks nauseous. Okay, we need to stop the bus. Stop the bus. Escort her off and put her in Arkham Asylum. Because this is the daughter of Oswald Cobblepot. This is the penguin's daughter. She's grown up. She's on TikTok. And she's eating raw fish like Danny DeVito in Batman Returns. This is awful. Two things, maybe more. We'll see. You're on the bus and you open up raw salmon. Absolutely not. There's nothing I hate more. It's like when you're at work and someone's like, hey, I'm going to microwave this last night's Branzino. And then the whole place smells like fish. Raw salmon definitely has a smell. Um there's nothing I hate more than uh, smoked salmon. I mean, I don't, I don't eat seafood at all. I can't. The smell for all of it. And I have gotten so much shit for it. Lox? <laughs> no, thank you. I just can't do it. It's just I've tried. 
I don't understand why people put salmon on their bagels with cream cheese and capers and sprouts and tomatoes like in the morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't do it. I was not. It was not part of my breakfast repertoire growing up as a kid. I just look. I've tried, guys. I've tried salmon. No, this woman needs to be put in a zoo where she belongs uh, probably with the polar bears or the river otters or something if she wants to be eating the salmon like a freshwater grizzly. <laughs> freshwater grizzly. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I just think the, the, the mental illness in this country is real and people are putting it out there and we are watching it and we are liking it and we are subscribing it and it is just... Whew, it's a lot. Ugh, I just like gagged just thinking about um, smoked salmon. But let's gag a little more, shall we? Gwen Stefani. <laughs> this article came out in Allure uh, today, and uh, I had to, to, to talk about it because it is kind of fascinating because I found this on Twitter, and the woman who posted this on Twitter was like, this is one of the most bizarre interviews I've ever published and I'm going to read it to you and I I only caught a couple excerpts from it but I kind of want to react to you guys uh in the moment um in real life I'm sorry IRL you guys okay 14 years after the debut of her Harajuku Lovers Fragrance Collection we at Allure asked Gwen Stefani about the praise, the backlash, and the lessons she brought into her most recent beauty venture. And here's what she said that stunned us. I'm in! Gwen Stefani has been many people over the last two decades. There's pop punk Stefani with baby blue hair and Bindi's ska era Stefani with platinum blonde hair, a bikini top, and cargo pants, and Harajuku Stephanie, Stephanie, Stefani who we'll get into a minute. If you want to review all these personas, go look at her all up on YouTube. Okay, so she released um, the launch of, I guess I'm saying it right, GXVE Beauty. It's a vegan line that features her signature red lip color, uh, her platinum hair. Uh, I mean, it's I, uh, I almost said it. It's an iconic look. It is an iconic look. And a few other beauty staples, such as Shadow Palace and Gel Eyeliners. GXVE isn't Stefani's first beauty brand, before that, there was Harajuku Lovers. The fragrance line launched back in 2008, four years after the release of her solo album, Love Angel Music Baby, which took inspiration from Japan's Harajuku subculture for its visuals and marketing. The fragrance collection included five scents, and each was housed in a bottle shaped like a doll, Megan. No, shaped like a doll, caricatured to look like Stefani and her four quote-quote Harajuku girls, the Japanese... Uh, the Japanese and Japanese-American backup dancers she employed in names Love Angel Music and Baby for the promotion of her album. The perfumes gained industry recognition, winning the Fragrance Foundation's Fragrance of the Year Award in 2009 and spawned generations of flankers. I don't know what that means. It sounds dirty. Magazines covered them extensively. Meanwhile, a first uh, this woman who interviewed Stefani, who is a first-generation Filipina-American teen in New Jersey, starved for Asian representation in pop culture, begged her mom for the love fragrance. She consistently responded with a hard no, always pointing to its price tag, $45 for a one-ounce bottle of perfume at Macy's. So this little girl wanted this perfume. Um, 
there was a lot of questioning with the marketing and whatnot. Um, but this little girl wanted this perfume. And as an adult, she has come to examine Stefani's Harajuku era and she has been alone. Because it was, do you remember that? Where she had those girls behind her and she was like, if I was a rich girl. Yeah. Na, na, na. yeah. It was the worst part of her career. I One of the worst songs, if this song ever comes on the radio, it is immediately changed because I hate it more than ever. And I'm going to sing a little bit of it for you guys. Ready? That's my shit. Oh, Ooh, that's it. I'm done. Few times been around that track because I ain't no holler back. Oh, my God. Just run my head over with a, a wet tire. I can't. Oh, it's the worst song. I'd rather eat raw salmon on a bus. Now, they've been accused in recent years um, of cultural appropriation. So when this woman, who is now an adult, got to sit down to interview Gwen Stefani at an event celebrating GXVE's latest collection, she asked her about her new brand's mission. She said she wanted to create a community of makeup lovers like me, and what went into its newest products, which include lipsticks that are a departure from her signature red. We all have different color skin, and I'll all have different things that we wear different colors for, but I also included a question about what she felt she may have learned from the Harajuku lovers, considering its praise, its backlash, and everything in between. She, Gwen Stefani responded by telling this woman a story she shared with the press before about her father's job at Yamaha, which had him traveling between their home in California and Japan for 18 years. This is Gwen Stefani. This is her talking. That was my Japanese influence, and that was a culture that was so rich with tradition, yet so futuristic with so much attention to art and detail and discipline, and it was a fascinating culture to me, she said, explaining how her father, who is Italian-American, their last name is Stefani, <laughs> would return with stories of street performers cosplaying as Elvis and stylish women with colorful hair. Then, as an adult, Gwen was able to travel to Harajuku to see them for herself. She said, my God, I'm Japanese, and I didn't know it. As those words seemed to hang in the air between the two, Gwen continued, I am, you know. She then explained that there is innocence to her relationship with Japanese culture, referring to herself as a quote-quote superfan. If people are going to criticize me for being a fan of something beautiful and sharing that, then I just think that doesn't feel right. I think it was a beautiful time of creativity, a time of the ping pong match between Harajuku culture and American culture. She elaborated further in saying, it should be okay to be inspired by other cultures because if we're not allowed, then that's dividing people, right? <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, I, I'm, I'm honestly scared to get further into this because I can't imagine it gets better. <laughs> like <laughs> this, this woman says then she spent 32 minutes in conversation with Stefani um, and they talked about uh, the Harajuku lovers. In that time, she said more than once that she is Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> oh no so Gwen Stefani is uh, Japanese Japanese she is the Rachel Dolezal of pop music now you can't Remember? tell her what she identifies as 
God. I mean, girl, you had a moment to just like say, you know what? I kind of messed up. I'm sorry I wasn't trying to incorporate your culture into my life. But you know what? I'm going full throttle here. I'm Japanese. Imagine you have you're you're part of a culture and you have to spend 30 minutes listening listening to some white girl some from white California Italian girl say, Oh no, I'm I'm like you. I'm like you. I get it. <laughs> no, lady, you're a judge on the voice. Barely. Barely. Married to country artist Blake Shelton. Hmm. We got to add her on the uh, pop stars to watch in 2023 because we've got, I mean, we've got Britney up there. Tara Reid's up there. Uh, Madonna's up there. Uh, and now Gwen Stefani's up there. Oh, J-Lo's up there for sure. My God, J-Lo is in a goddamn movie again in a wedding dress. It's like a race to the bottom for these. It's Jennifer Lopez needs to stop doing movies where she's in a wedding dress. We get it. Hold on. Jennifer Lopez needs to stop doing movies. There we go. There we go. Because I'm just like, it's like four billboards along. Like, I can't even remember the streets, like Sunset or something. Melrose, maybe where it's and she's like, hey, it's me. I'm Jennifer Lopez and I'm in a wedding dress. And oh, my God, what's the worst that could happen? I'm like, girl, stop. We get it. Marry me. This new movie coming out with uh, Tab. What's his name? Uh, God, it's like it's some. I can't even remember the name of it. And who cares? It's what's his name? Um, win a date with uh, Tab Hunter. Well, no, uh, what's his name? Tad Hamilton. Tad Hamilton. Tab Hunter is a gay actor who died recently. But no, yeah. Tab. What is it? Tab Hamilton. Tad Hamilton. Tad Hamilton. Character. What's that guy's name? He was married to Fergie. Oh, Josh Duham- Duhamel? Josh Dumal, yes. Josh Dumal, thank you. Josh Dumal, yeah. It's Jennifer Lopez and Josh Dumal in this like rom-com about wanting... Oh, God, I can't even... Enough. Enough. Enough! So, I guess we're canceling Gwen Stefani for the year because she identifies as Japanese. Whew. Which, finally, I mean, I feel like it's been a, it's been a while. I've, I've, I've wanted nothing more because <laughs> that damn song... Uh-huh, that's my shit. Ugh. Na 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 na. Have angel music. Ugh, no. Give me old, no doubt. Give me that. Huh, these are strange times we're living in. Um, this next story, uh, I'm very happy because uh, knew it was coming. Not gonna lie. Noah Schnapp from Stranger Things recently came out. Where? TikTok. TikTok. TikTok is watching. Now, I was a huge fan of last season, Stranger Things. I'm really excited for this next season, uh, the final season of Stranger Things, which we just found out they're getting a huge uh, bump in their paychecks. I think they're getting like like 17 million or something like that. All of I don't know if that's all of them individually or if they're cumulatively getting $17 million amongst themselves. But it wouldn't surprise me if they're all getting 17 million, 17 million each. Um, so Noah Schnapp is opening up about his sexuality in a new TikTok. On January 5th, the 18-year-old posted a video discussing the moment he came out as gay to his loved ones. When I finally told my friends and family I was gay after being scared in the closet for 18 years, all they said was, we know. <laughs> the clip also shows snap mouthing along to audio saying you know what it never was that serious it was never that serious quite frankly we will never be that serious 
Um, now, he's been transparent about the fact that his character, Will Byers, is gay, saying in a July interview with Variety about season four, it's pretty clear this season that Will has feelings for Mike, which we all got. Remember, he was yeah. like, I love you, and like turned away and looked in the window, and he's like, oh, God. Um, now it's 100% clear that he is gay, and he does love Mike. The actor also supported Glad's Together movement at the 2017 MTV Movie and TV Awards, where he wore an uh, Apersan ribbon in solidarity. However, this is the first time Schnapp has ever publicly announced his sexuality. I guess I'm more similar to Will than I thought. Also in the interview, Schnapp says he hopes Stranger Things' fifth and final season will have a coming out scene. Perhaps his new revelation will convince the writers to include that moment to reflect both the actor and his character's journeys. Now, I called this. I called this on stage. I remember when Stranger Things came out and I was like, Will's gay. Will's gay. First of all, we knew you were gay. Why? Because you had that haircut. <laughs> also, your mom was Winona Ryder. Ally. You know, Winona Ryder, come on now. If your mom's Winona Ryder, you're gay. And coming from experience, I knew Will was gay the moment he felt that cold breeze on the back of his neck. All his friends are playing sports, basketball, football. They're all like playing Dungeons and Dragons and shit. And Will's like, oh, there is a cold breeze on the back of my neck. Gay. Yep. When you feel the cold breeze of Vecna's veiny hands on your neck, you're gay. I felt it just now. <laughs> It's all too familiar. So I'm very proud of him. I like that. I like, also it kind of pisses me off because he's like, I've been in the closet for 18 years. How old are you, 18? This kid's 18 years old. He didn't have to go through it. He didn't have to take a girl with him to spring break and lay down in the bathroom of your hotel room with a bottle of coconut lotion and just try to get through it. <laughs> 18. And then his parents were like, we knew, yeah. And also, they don't care. Why? Because you're the breadwinner of the family. You get to be whatever you want to be. Oh, yeah, girl, go. Uh-huh, go. Come on. Come on, Stranger Things. So I'm happy for him. I think that's great. Um, and we need more visibility. I think it's great. Um, however, we need less visibility of shit like this. Alec Baldwin, uh, who is uh, famous for shooting someone on the set of Rust movie, um, went to Instagram, which I was, I you know, I'm a huge Alec Baldwin fan. I think he's been through it. He's got like, he's like the white Nick Cannon. He's got like 58 children. Um... But he went to Instagram this week, and it was just the weirdest, just, ah, I want to say the C word, but I don't want to because we've banished it at the top of the show. Cringiest. It's in my vernacular. I have to get it out. I have to, maybe I should eat a piece of raw salmon. Um, it's just awful. He is on Instagram. And you know what? Let's just play it. Can we play it? Here we go. Please. Oh. Thanks. Oh. This is oh, wait. the end. <clears throat> hey, everybody. It's December. Do that again. 
January 5th. Oh, uh, he forgot the date. Uh, the day before my wife's birthday. Is my wife Hilaria's birthday tomorrow, January 6th? Insurrection Day. We don't attach the same significance to January 6th. I do. <laughs> I say it's Hilaria's birthday. Um, I would like to ask you a favor. I would like to ask you a small favor. Sure, Alec, what is it? My wife is just, it seems like she's just centimeters shy of oh. uh, um, Go on. Su- suicide. followers on Instagram. Oh. And I would like to ask you yeah. as a birthday gift or even just a gesture sure. to my wife. Stop trolling her. On Instagram. Yeah. Um, obviously, I love my wife. Obviously, I'm crazy about my wife. Someone needs to. Blah, blah, blah. All the things we all say about people we're in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my wife's the most fabulous person I've ever met in my whole life. Well. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. She loves cucumbers. But um, I would like as many of you as possible. I would like a really great, great surge of people to follow my wife on Instagram. No. To say happy birthday to my wife. Get out of here. Would you do that for me? No. Would you follow my wife on Instagram? I said no. I'll think about it. <laughs> My God, how sad is that? That made me upset. More upset. I'm more upset about that than, than him shooting, shooting someone. someone. Yeah. God, I know. I'm like, what? You're you're begging your fans to follow your wife? Oh. God. I want to put on like Mazzy Star right now and be like, fade into you. Sad. That is so sad. So, so sad. Guys, don't beg. Don't beg for people to follow. That just makes me go, okay. She, she's running that family. Oh, yeah. What, what would have been great is if he had, like, pulled out an upside-down bag of female M&Ms and then begged. Then I would have been like, okay, Purple changed her shoes. I'm in. That was a very lazy ask. Just weird, right? And guess what? Hilaria Baldwin reached one million followers. Thank God. How embarrassing would that have been? If she didn't, that would have been awesome. They're like, I'll show you. No. Well, good for her. I'm glad she got a million followers. That's so weird to me. However, we have one more story, um, which is, I think we saved a good story for last. Um, It begins with she who shall not be named, Taylor Swift, (laughs) the oatmeal of pop music, Taylor Swift's cat became the world's third wealthiest pet with a net worth of $97 million. Now, I didn't know there was such a thing as rich pets. Um, There was a list of rich pets uh, that have been listed. Uh, Taylor Swift's cat, Olivia Benson, was ranked third with a net worth of $97 million. Um, This is, a, 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 I guess, a, um, 
uh, article that publishes annually the richest cats of Instagram. God. Uh, so Olivia Benson is the cat, and it is in third place as the richest cat. At the fourth place behind Olivia Benson, which is just weird. That's just that's that is a human name. Uh, on the list of world's wealthiest pets became Oprah Winfrey's dogs, not a cat, along with those of Sadie, Sonny, Lauren, Layla, and Luke, with a net worth of $30 million. Pomeranian dog named Jif Pom was named at fifth place, with identity of the owner being anonymous, with a net worth of $25 million. So how many cats does Taylor Swift have? Three. Who is the world's richest pet? I'm so glad you asked, Just Sayers. It's a German shepherd named Gunther the Fourth. He is the world's wealthiest pet with a net worth of $500 million. He sounds rich. Yeah, I mean, with a name like Gunther the Fourth. But also, like, is this, this is why Lady Gaga's dogs were stolen. Yeah. Don't put this out there. You know who, you know who did it right? Jif Palm. Jif Palm's owner is like, I got a rich, I got a rich dog or a cat, whatever the hell it is. Got a, a rich cat. It's $25 million. Who's the owner? I'm not going to say a damn thing. But come on. Why do you got to rub it in our faces like that? We get it. We're poor. <laughs> do you think the writer of this article is proud of her college degree? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Is she proud of her college degree or is she more of a Swifty fan? She went to like a huge. No, she took that course at UT Austin. Journalism school. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I took the Taylor Swift course at UT Austin and now I know everything. But also maybe Taylor doesn't want this out because you know what? There's cat burglars out there. And um, apparently women who eat salmon from, you know, the descendants of Penny, uh, what's his name? Oswald Cobblepot from Batman. So maybe we have a whole new slew of Batman villains in our midst in 2023. I don't know. I'm going to assume it's on the rise, but if Taylor Swift's cat gets catnapped, blame this bitch because she's the one who put it out there. I'm doing journalism. You guys, Taylor Swift has a $90 million cat. Cha-ching. What a world. What are we doing with our lives? Creating stuff. I know. Could you imagine just being a cat? A, you don't know you exist. B, you're just in a house, in a big-ass mansion, just laying on a chaise, just living your life, and you're worth $95 million, while I almost get swallowed up by a sinkhole on a Thursday. I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. I think that's too much. I think that's way too much embellishment. I, uh, I don't even know how to end with this because it's just my brain is blown. But we got to get going, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Just Saying with Justin Martindale. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to watch the videos on the Comedy Store's YouTube page. And you guys hit me up on Instagram at Justin Martindale and DM me some stories you want me to talk about next week. And who knows? They might just be featured on an upcoming episode. But thank you again. We'll see you next time on Just Saying with Justin Martindale. Bye.